Hi, good morning. It's Melinda from Hope When There Was None. I'm coming on today to share more of the reading of my book, Call Me Master. And um, you got some flyaway hair going on right there. I try to ignore, but don't make fun of me today. So I am the page owner for this. I started this page actually as a blog if you haven't tuned into me before oh my goodness it's been over 10 years ago uh, 11 years ago that I started blogging about my experiences and what I was going through the um, just the challenges that I was facing and it kind of went ahead and spun <coughs> excuse me into what you see today that's me writing my book call me master also I have rising from the ashes that's my second book and I have the um, this page. I have a small support group too for victims, women that are victims of toxic relationships, some sort of hurts, emotional trauma hurts, uh, whether they've had an abortion, perhaps they've had um, maybe uh, abuse in their past life, whether it's financial, verbal, um, toxic relationship that involved a parent, a spouse, somebody that might have been just a co-worker so it's just wide range of backgrounds but we're all coming together for the common thread of advocating as well as supporting one another for your past so let me get started here this is I've been reading the past week it's just been pressed on my heart to do this to let somebody know that they're not alone now did I want to and I've shared this in previous videos did I want to share my dirty laundry no I didn't there's something very embarrassing about doing so hi Miss Via and yes, I will send you the Cubs as soon as I get it in, by the way. <laughs> so there was something very, just very, um, I felt ashamed. I felt very, um, but convicted after a while, after Jesus was chasing me there for a long time saying, you got to do this. It's not just for you. It's, it's not for your own edification. It's not to make you have a big head. It is to let somebody else know that they are not alone that maybe they've had this experience years ago 20 30 40 50 years ago but they can let go and this is what freedom looks like and that's me it's not again to it's not all about me it's about sharing that what I went through for somebody else to know that hey if she can get through it I know I can too so I'm gonna read chapter 21 what I skipped over is I did mention a few times that we did get into more of an adult lifestyle I didn't know what vanilla was. I always thought it was either something I baked with or an ice cream flavor. I had no idea that this was something that was more of a um, adult term where you have um, a relationship that's just vanilla. It's just you're not doing anything in the bedroom that's not just normal stuff. Let's just say that. Now to have something a little more um, exciting for some people, exciting, and yeah, sure, I admit that there are times where you get more like, oh, if we do this, ooh, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, so we would experiment. And I was open for experimentation. I just wasn't open to not having those safe words definitely enforced. Let's say that. Now, if I said, hey, I've had enough or I don't want to do this anymore, that's where um, I draw the line. Like, I want to make sure that my partner, and back then it wasn't happening, that my partner is, um, we both have consent. We are both, okay, acknowledging our boundaries. And I didn't have that before, but I do now. We brought in also other partners my hopes, for some reason, when you're in the survival mode, you think of the craziest things to get you, hey, Miss Gina, to get you um, to survive. The craziest things. So I thought, well, if I brought in another woman, maybe two things. One, 
maybe he would be nicer to me. And two, maybe he'd fall in love with this woman. Maybe then I can be free. And then the other part of me was like, oh, do I want another woman to go through this? What I'm going through, do I want her to go through this? And it, I was so conflicted. I didn't know I had an angel here and a devil here, you know, somebody's cheering me on and I know it sounds so warped, but at that point in time, I had lost love. I had gained some love, what I thought was love and it wasn't. I was just, um, it's like a Stockholm syndrome. I was just attached to my partner. I felt that that was all there was. I didn't think that I could ever find anybody else. Of course, he planted those ideas in my head to make sure that I would be complicit and compliant with everything he said and that my esteem was like this. So I didn't look for anything and I really did want to honor my vows as a married couple. I didn't want to go ahead and search. I didn't want to have a relationship with somebody else. I, I didn't want to go down that rabbit hole. Again, lots of rabbit holes. I didn't want to do that. So I went looking for somebody else. And we did this together as a couple. And on one hand, again, I was just so conflicted. And when it started to happen, I was like, oh, oh no, I don't really want to do this. <laughs> it, it scared me because I didn't want, I was thinking it would be him. I would push him towards somebody else. But no, more fantasies came out for him where he wanted to see two women do this and then the threesomes. And then it spiraled into this wife swapping. And it was crazy. It was a very, very dark time for me. You would think some of the other stuff was dark for me. This was very dark because some of the people that are involved in that lifestyle, first of all, I've talked to several women that were also, um, you know, partners, of course, they didn't want to do this. They didn't also, they weren't into the swapping and doing that stuff. They didn't like that, but they were trying to appease their mate. Uh, they were only doing it because he wanted to. I met one guy that didn't want to do it at all, but his wife wanted to. So there's both sides. They go through that and then they, they weren't necessarily abused. They just didn't really want to do the lifestyle. Now for me, when it became a reality, I felt dirty. I would go into the shower and water as hot as I can scan it, stand it and I would just scrub myself until I was like bright pink and I felt dirty, I felt used and he would boast that, wow, you are the most amazing wife ever um, because you let me do this and you do this too and it's, I felt dirty. I felt very dirty. Now I'm not saying people that are in that lifestyle are dirty people, no, I don't mean it that I just felt my soul felt dirty my soul felt just really crummy and you know I felt like my brightness was going away it was just dimming my light was dimming and I thought well if I'm doing this what's the next step what what else can I get into and that's how I was feeling I felt very lost I felt very um, isolated because I couldn't tell hey mom guess what I did today you know I couldn't do that last night we had two women I couldn't do that I couldn't tell my mom that oh my gosh my mom didn't find out a lot of this stuff until she read my book and when she told me that she was gonna buy it on um, her Kindle which she was so proud of I I just melted down I started crying and because my mom didn't know stuff that my dad my stepdad did um, I thought she was going to be upset with me. I thought, I was like, man, you're going to be mad at me. And here I am, a 40-year-old woman and over 40-year-old, and I'm crying. And my mom's like, why are you crying? It's, hi, Bonnie. Why are you so upset? And I said, mom, there's things that happened. I never told you. And of course, there's still other things that I didn't put in the book that happened that my mom and other people don't know about. But um, I was embarrassed. But she reassured me that Mr. Buttons is in here, that um, it would be okay. So we really haven't talked about it, but I did get a big hug from her, um, and that meant a lot. 
uh, we broke down. <clears throat> and after my, even my daughter's recent incident, I didn't bring up any water with me. Uh, there was some stuff that I found out that she went through with my stepdad that I had no clue about. And that brought us closer. That whole circle brought us closer. And it's amazing when you start to let down your guard, let down your walls and reach out to other people or just say, hey, this happened to me, whether it's your mom or your sister or so on. Um, it's amazing what can happen, what can come out of that. So please, if you feel comfortable and you feel safe with somebody that maybe doesn't know your story, maybe it's a parent, sister, brother, why don't you take those baby steps, maybe feel them out a little bit and see what happens, okay? Um, just try it. Uh, there might be some people in your family that don't want to hear it. They don't want to believe what happened. Oh, dad could have never have done that. Or my sister could have never done that. Or my brother, no way. Are you kidding? What are you smoking? And that does happen. There also might be times when you come forward and tell information to somebody and besides a disbelief, they might just all of a sudden say, oh, I'm cutting you off. Stop spreading lies about Joe Schmo. He does everything for the community. He's a pillar in the church or she's a deaconess or something like that. This happens. Okay, so I'll warn you ahead of time. I try not to sugarcoat anything. I try to give you all the information that I have that I know I've went through. Uh, so you might lose some friends. You might lose some family members for a time. But really all in the end, it's like a weight's lifted off your shoulders. Like, oh, you finally got off your chest and that's really very freeing so let's get to this again I, I did skip through some of this because I felt very unworthy um, at that time I, I, I felt very dirty we were looking at a lot of porn sites and of course that's how I started my porn addiction and I've, I've come forward to mention that before um, I associated that kind of love that kind of that's not love by the way that kind of intimacy uh, the pornography with love and that's not it I didn't know that until a long time ago and I knew I was suffering because as soon as he was gone I would be jumping on the computer and watching it and not that necessarily I was pleasuring myself and I know this is an adult topic it's early in the morning I know but I, I'm just telling the truth you can't know me unless you know my past all of it and you can't know me as a Christian to know how I got here and how God how much God loves me even though I did that stuff and you know he still loves me despite all the dirty the nasty I left that all at his feet I am NOT doing that stuff anymore now can the devil come and sneak in and give me some thoughts there yeah he can but I'm not acting on those thoughts I've been redeemed I have been uh, you know I said again set it all at the Lord's feet to take that stuff away from me I don't do any of that stuff again but you can find freedom you do have to talk to God about it really honestly and I'm gonna leave it at that I'm gonna get back into this so here no more about the porn <laughs> no more about the wife swapping let's get into this so chapter 21 you're leaving me December 2008 so back in 2007 I did the first and I did the first time I was leaving him Oh, you know what? No, I'm taking that back. I'm going to do the safe house. That's where I'm going. Chapter 20. Um, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, ye, all ye that hope in the Lord. Psalms 31, 24. And this is safe house. May 2007. This is the first time I left. In any abusive relationship, an enormous amount of control the abuser gains from the victim is unbelievable. Soon after I left my abuser, I felt like a like guilt had washed over me like a cold pail of water I felt dumb for giving this person that much power to bring me down to my knees at a glance or a tone 
Hello, St. Jude, how's, can I help you? After a long pause, the women asked again, hello. I managed to squeak out my name and I called this number earlier in the week just to get a little information about the shelter. After a woman that I had bumped into a into the shop that we ran had told me that what exactly this was because I had no idea, well, what's St. Jude House? I don't know what it is. So I had called to get that information. I choked back the, te the tears and I was trying to catch my breath so I could answer the intake person's questions. They needed to find out if they had room for us and to ask these questions so the reason and what the reason was for the resident needing this facility a long pause between questions and it seemed like an eternity had passed I mean really and literally it was probably just a few seconds but it felt like forever have you ever had those times so all of a sudden I felt a sudden shyness over me and I let her know that I had called prior and my husband just announced that if I didn't return after a half hour, within a half hour, he was going to bash my face in when he saw me. I babbled off the reason, this reason why I couldn't go home. It was just like a casual conversation that the two of us were having about the weather. The, women on the, other, the woman on the other line kindly announced, well, we did have last minute changes and we could take you and your children right now. Do you have a way to get here? She asked. I was dumbfounded. The floodgates of tears just opened up. I mean, ugly tears. I was just crying. I must have thanked her a dozen times. I was so grateful for the news. Before leaving for the safe house, my then sister-in-law, mother-in-law, had provided us with some money to help us out. Now, we were having, I was at working at the antique shop. I was managing it with my sister-in-law. And it happened to be on Cinco de Mayo. We were having a party for our vendors. Hey, Miss Shelley. And hey, Teresa. So we were having a party for our vendors. I had talked it up to my to Will prior to all this, let him know that the kids are going to come. It was a party. It was on, you know, we were all excited. We couldn't wait. And we told him it's going to be after the shop closed. So he knew about this in advance, but yet he kept calling me. He kept saying, hey, you got to get home. And, you know, because it's all about him. So this is what happened. So he, when I talked to him, he said he was going to threaten to bash my face in. So um, let's see. I thanked her. Let's see, a few days later, I had talked to his mom. I call her Mary. She had begged me to take him back. So this after we left, she had begged me to take him back. Now, so what happened was I went into St. Jude House with the kids. He did figure out, I don't know how, maybe someone told him where we were. He couldn't get in anyway. They have really good security there. So he attempted suicide, most of many. And this is a common thread. Again, if you don't come back to me, I'm going to take my life or I'm going to kill somebody else. So this was his way of trying to get me back. So he tried to drown himself. Um, this is the first of many times that he had tried to do this after I left. And so this time he tried to drown himself. They put him at St. Margaret Hospital. That's in Dyer, Indiana for observation it's a three-day hold so they did put him in there they do do medication for that he probably will he has been honestly Shelly he's been he had been making her life miserable he had threatened her and his dad that if they if they took my side he would burn down their house if he came if they came to court to speak on my behalf he would burn down their house and make sure they were both in it but it would look like an accident so he was saying this to his own parents he's a nasty nasty rat of a guy so uh, she had begged me to take him back. She stated that she had visited him and he was now a changed man. She pleaded that he really wanted to work on her marriage and hesitantly, yeah, guys, I caved. I know, I know, ugh. But I did it. We reconciled on promises of change and hope. He promised he would still continue the treatment and take the prescribed medicine to stabilize his mood. A week by, went by and it was though he became, it was wonderful in the beginning. Really, honestly, it was great. And then he became paranoid again about everything. 
He advised me that he hid money in the house somewhere. He even took the household bills with him to work in a cooler. It was one of those igloo coolers, pretty big, you take to the beach, that sort of thing. Well, looking back, this makes me giggle now. And I know I've had some people say, well, how do you laugh? Oh, girl, that is terrible. Wow, that is scary. Ooh. Oh, I got the chills. I got the chills, girl. So, oh, so he took the bills with him in this cooler. Well, he didn't count, he didn't check the weather and it rained. It's not a waterproof cooler, so everything got wet. But guess who had to dry it? Yeah, this girl here. So I was blamed for this. He reasoned that if I hadn't broken his trust, it wouldn't have happened. Several weeks later, he grabbed my purse, claiming again that he thought I was going to leave him. And I wasn't planning on anything, but of course, that little voice in the back of my head was, Yes, girl, God is bigger. Really and truly, if I didn't have the Lord, I don't know how people don't do it without faith. I really don't. I really don't. I don't know I, how I would have survived if I didn't have God in my faith. I really don't. I have no idea. I probably wouldn't be here right now. So after that incident, things are just building. He is getting weirder and weirder. It seemed like after this, something triggered in his mind and he began to even, he was seeing like arms and legs and things coming out of the walls and ceiling. He would see blood run down the walls. And this was early on in our marriage, um, going back about 10 years back then. Uh, he would hear different things. He would, and I almost thought maybe, well, maybe he's schizophrenic, but honestly and truly, I know there was a spiritual war going around, and I know I've talked about this before, and I know it's a little woo and a little weird for some people, but there was a spiritual battle going on too. And um, of course the dark side went over, it really did. But he would see these things, he would see glowing eyes, he would hear voices, he would um, see these, again, this bread writing on the ceiling, on the walls, and um, yeah, that, that was, there was very dark energy trying to get to him. And uh, let's see, so he grabbed my my purse believing that I was going to leave. So he was going to cut me off to the chase. So he cut the phone line. This is before I had a cell phone. So he cut the phone line, and we're pretty secluded at this time at this house. So he took my keys, he took my house keys, he cut up my debit card and my driver's license. So this left me and the kids alone in the house. I felt very stupid, safe, unsafe, and helpless. So once again, I decided I can't do this anymore. This is May of 2007. So he was getting more physical. His abuse was more intense as he was threatening to kill the kids at least several times a week if I left him. He threatened to kill them as they slept in various ways. He didn't wish me to, he didn't want me to have that choice to end the marriage. It was supposed to be death until death do us part. This sadly was not our last day at the facility. Within a few months, we found ourselves back in July of 2007. Now, we went back for two reasons. One, because his violence was, was escalating, but also um, we had, um, I had my sister wife at that time. I didn't write about that in the book. I think I mentioned it, but um, she is actually on my blog. I, her name was Kat. She wasn't my friend list, but once I posted the book once I published it she's went into cognito um, I told her about it in advance and uh, she was cheering me on but she's now like dust in the wind maybe block me I don't know we had a good relationship I really liked her as in this weird way we hit it off very well and I was actually hoping again that this was going to be the person that he was going to really go for but she had her own set of issues she had a lot of issues and a lot of baggage that she brought to the relationship so it was very weird. It was very awkward. I, I you know, and I, I laugh about it now, but, you know, I've gone, gone through that healing where I can laugh about it. Hey, Miss Angie, I, I couldn't laugh about it before. I was terrified. I was scared. And it just would leave a 
like a knot in the pit of my stomach now. Some of some of this stuff, not the threat of the kids being, you know, being killed, but some of this stuff is like, wow, you know, if Jerry Springer couldn't write this stuff or imagine this stuff, this was our life. This was weird. It really was. And Shelly, I'm sure you had those realizations too. Like, where is the movie camera? This can't be happening to me. You almost feel like this is Hollywood following you from behind and but yeah, this is your life and you're living in it. And it's like this soap opera constantly. You're on this drama wheel and man, I don't like the drama wheel. Yeah, so you get that. Thanks for the hearts. It's, it's just, it's ridiculous. And once you're out of it, it's just like, wow, this is what normal is. <sighs> so um, I didn't write about it in here, but again, it's, it's on my blog. Yes, girl, you are right. So again, this isn't my last day. So we go back into July at the end of, excuse me, um, after the 4th of July, because we had, it was um, my then husband, Will, and uh, Kat, and her two daughters, and my our three kids, and we went to Navy Pier to see the fireworks as a couple. It was just weird. Uh, so during our first day, so I went back, excuse me, I felt like a, a puppy that had made a mess in the house. So that's how I felt when I was going back to the shelter. They never made me feel that way. It was just something that I felt. I felt like a real bad person because I went back to my relationship and like here I am again. You know, I felt like I let somebody down there, but they never made me feel that way at all. And the average person, the average woman goes back, and, and men too, they go back to their partner at least seven times, if not more. So I didn't know that until I went back and found out those figures. So I wasn't alone. It's something that many of us do. So they didn't scrutinize me for going back to work on our marriage. During our first day, I learned that there were support groups, there was legal and job assistance, and the freedom to come and go during the day if necessary. There was much-needed clothing, toiletries that were generously offered, donated by the public and organizations. This was a tremendous help because we didn't have anything but the clothes on our back on that first day. I was so grateful and I learned that not to blame, I was not to blame for making him angry or whatever the situation was. I learned that I was worthy of a good life, a good relationship down the road. And I learned that no means no, it was those boundaries I didn't know. Now with our first day, we didn't stay there that long. We stayed there just a couple days. So I never dug into the self uh, support groups and so on. So, and I learned that also love doesn't hurt. We were residents on those two separate occasions in 2007, and it opened my eyes as a reminder to hold myself in a higher self, I should hold myself in a higher self-esteem than my partner did. At the time, at that time of my stay, there were over 15 beautiful survivors that surrounded me. Each of them had stories that brought tears to my eyes. There were stories of severe battering, child abuse, child sexual abuse from the past, or their children were now enduring. There were addictions from either the victim or the abuser, ranging from food or food to drugs. Many of the guests at the facility I was staying in other places had been there more than 10 times. One woman had left her abuser over 20 times and never planned to go back, but she always feared that she might. I never heard or knew of the outcome of these broken souls, but I, do, I did pray that they found safety and peace. I felt unworthy to be there. See, I heard all these painful stories of heartbreak and broken bones and fractured lives. I didn't feel worthy to be there. I cried and listened as each person poured out their story of what they endured. I managed to mumble that I didn't feel as though I belonged there, and I shared my story about how I got there and then realized I did. In fact, I belonged to this mixed group of survivors that were from various walks of life. I didn't feel, when I'm hearing these stories, I went kind of last. I just felt, wow, you know, I wasn't beaten with a bat, or hey, they didn't burn me or something like that. I just didn't feel worthy to be there. But once I dug into my story, once I read, once I started talking, excuse me, about my story, it's like, wow, yeah, 
yeah and they all were we got a lot of hugs there were a lot of tears and yeah it's like i was worthy to be there and it doesn't matter if it was verbal abuse or mental abuse it's still abuse i didn't think it was that i really honestly i, I had no clue i had no idea and that's at that point in July of 2007, where this, I found out again about those boundaries and it was like the whole, the veil lifted. It was so interesting. The veil lifted, but you know what? I went back. I know. And I'll share some more about that tomorrow, but let's read here. Some of the comments, Miss Shelley. Girl, I did that too. So she's mentioning here, if you could read down in the comments about going to the store. That was our first night when we finally, finally left. We did. We went to the grocery store. We went out after, I think it was after 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock. We were never able to stay out that late before. So the kids with the streetlights on, they were like, wow, it was like Christmas to them to see the streetlights on. I know that sounds so crazy, but we weren't allowed to go out after dark. We had to be in. So for them to see the streetlights on, so no, I get that. When we when we first went out, it was, <laughs> it, we, we did. We put all this food in there, and it's not that he didn't. He did a lot of junk food, but sometimes what the kids wanted or what I wanted, we weren't allowed to get. We could get what he wanted. So I totally get that. We did. We ate everything. We got the banned cereal. We got the banned chocolate. I ate, I can't tell you how much. I polished my nails with freedom because he didn't like the smell. It made him nauseated. I polished them whatever the heck I wanted. And it was so nice. It really was. So girl, I get that. And if you are like me, Michelle, I bet you that first night, even though you're all hyped up, that first night after we left, that was the best night's sleep I ever got. I was always on edge. I was always worried that he was going to harm me in my sleep or, you know, do something to the kids. So I always had one eye open. And you know, you hear that kind of metaphorically. But honestly, I lived that for so long. I don't think I got a good night's sleep any of the time I was ever there with him. Um, just because I was always worried what was he going to do in my sleep you know am i going to find him on top of me with his hands around my neck or is he just going to take me like he had been he had done before um so yeah that was the best time ever i mean yeah we're all crazy but yes and yes girl i get that so she mentions that it shows how her kids have been affected yes i totally get that and but for me i had that mommy guilt it's like oh man i stayed too long what did i do to my kids so that was my cold splash of water but i was so excited to see them excited about something and hey we can go out during the day or take them out to restaurants because he didn't really like doing that so i get all that i do it, it's like freedom it's like, you know what, being a teenager and the parents left you alone in the house and you could do whatever the hell you want. That's how it was. I know that sounds nuts, but that's, yes, that's what it was like. It was awesome. It was very, very freeing. And just the weight had lifted. Thank you for those hearts. It was amazing, girl. So, girl, I know you know what I'm talking about. Oh, so we are going to get into... So, again, I went back again in 2007. So, we're going to hit the... Chapter 21, I shouldn't say hit. I'm going to go through chapter 21, You're Leaving Me, December 2008. Whew. So during this time, it's not the first time I told him. Those times weren't the only times I've told him. I tried to leave numerous times. I mean, probably, honestly, uh, maybe 20 or 30 or 40 times in a year, I would say, okay, I'm ready to go. Please let me go. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. This was years. This went on for decades. It was always trying to leave but the threats the intimidation guilt 
So that's why I stayed. <laughs> yeah, we did too. We did too. Yes, we did. And I outlawed The Simpsons. I have not watched a single Simpson episode, um, South Park, Simpson, ever. I had stopped watching it back in 2009. I haven't watched another episode. I finally did break down and do Febreze. I, I don't know if I mentioned he was um, not so much a germaphobe, but the smells would bother him. I'd have to make sure everything was so clean, but uh, Febreze. I couldn't stand Febreze for the longest time, but I finally reached that hump and have Febreze in the house. Not now, but I have had it before. So, Oh, yeah, I know. It is so much freedom. There is. Oh, I'm so happy for you. I really am. And you can look back at those memories like, wow. You know what I mean? Th th those are things that are so unbelievable. Now, thinking about it now, it's like, who does that to a person? You know, Shelly, the things that you went through too, who does that? And it just blows my mind. It really does. All right, ladies, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. If you're watching this in the replay, do me a favor. Do a hashtag fire emoji. And let me know when you're where you're from. I'd love to know or a little bit about your story like Miss Shelley was kind enough to share too. And uh, thank you for helping me just come to you during the next few, let's see, the past few days and upcoming days and listening. I appreciate that. And anybody that's shared, thank you so very much. I appreciate that. Uh, have a great rest of your day. I hope you are safe. If you need any uh, prayers, you can send me a message. If you'd like to comment privately, please do so. Thank you. Mwah. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye.